When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jenikin. And we host Hollywood Crime Scene. Our show is about the salacious crimes and scandals of the rich and famous, from the early days of Hollywood to the 21st century. We also cover Los Angeles history, true events that inspired movies, interesting biographies, and more. At the end of the week, we drop our mini episode, which recaps the news everyone is talking about, plus the weirdest stories of the week from around the globe. We also talk about food a lot. Subscribe to Hollywood Crime Scene wherever you find podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, it is your favorite. I mean, it might be your favorite hour of the week, 35 minutes of the week. I don't really know. How are we doing? It is United People's Podcast. It is episode nine. We are going to talk about me going to the Chili Peppers concert, because obviously that's what everyone wants to talk about. No, we'll talk about Eric Ten Hag's first day in training. I'm joined by Neil, by Bao, and by Matt. You'll all be very happy that Alex hasn't turned up. He was supposed to be here, but he's not. I don't know what he's doing. That's, what do you reckon Alex is doing? Anything? He's on Kilburn High Road. Yeah, Kilburn <laughs> High Road. He's, he was mentioning this pub that's had a refurb, and he was just reminiscing about the price of it and loving it, so... That's where he is. I, well, fair, in I can't really begrudge him for choosing a pint over joining us. But look, we're going to talk about Ten Hag. But how are you, Neil? Where have you been? You had a week off. What, we just, you, what, we're not good enough? For no, you? you're, not, going on? you're not. So uh, I thought I'd have a week away just to sort of uh, lick my wounds over the sort of seven weeks of hell you've put me through. And I've come back uh, and I feel better, stronger. Um, we don't look better. Or stronger. <laughs> I feel dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good to, uh, good, to be, yeah, good to be back, mate. I did actually listen. I'm not such a narcissist. Uh, how, how did you think the conversation went without not your dulcet good, tones? Honestly, not as good. I mean, it was, it was brave. <laughs> <laughs> we had to. We had to. We were like, shit, what, what could we do without Neil? Oh, shit, we're going to have to do it anyway. <laughs> but look, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. Like, We've had so much speculation. I think we're all we're all in the same boat. Um, it gets boring very, very quickly. Uh, and with United now, Ten Hag started. Like, day one, the year has begun. With Steve McLaren looking like a slapped ass when he, when he came into trading, I don't know what he was what was going wrong with him. He looked pissed. <laughs> but Ten Hag was there. I think about 15, 15 members joined up. Obviously, because of the internationals, uh, quite a lot of the players have got extra holidays, right? So uh, the likes of the majority of the first team really didn't join up. I'll run through the squad. I'm also going to run through what the papers are saying. Um, Manchester Evening News, Mirror and The Telegraph are all saying about today's training session. But... Are you all excited? Normally, right, pre-season, let's be, you, you try and hype yourself up for pre-season and then as soon as the game starts, you remember it's pre-season and it's just a load of shit. But because it's Ten Hag and because we're trying something different, properly different this time, do you actually think it'll be a decent pre-season to watch? Are you looking forward to the games? Who's it? Who we got? Liverpool? Uh, we got Crystal Palace? Palace? Yeah. Aston yeah. Villa, I think? Yeah. Oslo, I think we play Atletico Madrid in Oslo and then a day later play Rayo Vallecano at Old Trafford, which is our, uh, Ten Hag's first game. Um, what do you reckon about the preseason, Bell? Do you reckon it'll be... Well, I mean, ideally, you want to see the beginning of the progression, right? You want to see the system in for the first game and every single game in the preseason, United just getting a bit better. I want to see leaked images of the likes of Anthony Martial and Luke Shaw puking their guts out on the side of the training pitch because they're being made to run. 
Who's puking first? Who's puking first? Where's your money at? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I saw, I saw, I saw, I saw a Lee Universal today. Sure. I saw, I saw a Lee today. Uh, Eric Ten Hag arrived into Carrington to find trifle on the uh, breakfast menu. I was like, he was looking at the Luke York section. <laughs> what, a, what a separate menu. <laughs> trifle. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's too much. You can't read too much into it. I remember when we played everybody under Van Gaal and we battered everyone, beat Liverpool, win that little cup. And everybody thought, wow. Was that Champions back. Cup, was that called? Champions yeah. Cup? Um, so, I mean, it should be interesting to kind of see how they take to his um, his his methods, his way of thinking, his playing. Apparently, he's had the grass cut to a specific length, which is saying what he wanted. 15 wouldn't you know? 15 millimetres. To... Um, to um, and go with the, the type of style he wants to play. So, yeah, so so let's see. I mean, hopefully we get some players in sooner. Um, get them on. I mean, I'm not too fussed about whether they're coming this week or next. The the, the, type, the ones we're probably after are giving the, those extra time off. So whether they're here this week or next week, it doesn't really matter from that perspective. But it just kind of removes that pressure from him So because he knows from a planning perspective, i.e. he's coming in next week or he's coming in the week after. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, but let's see. Let's see. Well, I'll, I'll run through what I, let, I mean. I'll just start with the Manchester Evening News, Matt, in terms of what they said. And it's inter- it'll be interesting to sort of compare because one thing we all want to stop this year, right, is the leaks, right? Yeah. So, so I, I mean, they're obviously journalists and journalists are going to have their sources inside clubs, but it'll be interesting to see how much information actually comes out about ten. Maybe there's anybody who's pissed off at how much they're having to do in double sessions, right? I think the interesting thing today was the the lack of pictures, videos, there's a few pictures of the players turned up in the cars, which was outside source, it wasn't United-led, but the United ones was, what, a dozen pictures, max? Not many yeah, videos? Just, there wasn't many I, think it was, I think it was just the players turning up, but that was yeah, it, there was no pictures of the actual sessions. I think everyone seems to want uh, Ten Hag and a Donny Hug picture by the looks of Twitter, uh, but <laughs> for me, like you said, they've hit it and I had no leaks again. Uh, they, uh, you look at the press reports from today, they all seem to be the same story, which is good. Um, yeah, but for me, same as Bow. You can't. You can read whatever you want into preseason. I could read it completely different to Bow, and the same with you, Sam, and the same with Neil. Uh, I think the proof starts Brighton. I'm not too fussed about transfers either way. I think there's a lot going out. But for me, quiet day for United. I think it was. I think they tried. I think United tried to play it down. To be honest, when usually, yeah, it was, yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, it wasn't like a big uh, fanfare, and I think that sort con- mm. sort of suits what Eric Ten Hag wants to have. If, 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 if you're running if you're running through um as I said, what Samuel Luckhurst is saying is that quite a few of the players turned up for preseason medicals on Friday. Uh first batch of players turned up at around half nine on Monday morning. Uh, and then it was sort of like routine medical tests before heading out onto the pitches. Uh club sources said that Ten Hag addressed the combined group of first team squad members and under twenty one players with McLaren and Van der Gag. And apparently it was the, the player spent around about two hours on the grass, bulk of it, a lot of ball work uh, with running drills. Now, I mean, you that talk feels about... like something you should be doing. I mean, do you... I mean, you should be, right? We're using the ball. I mean, this is this man is an innovator. I can't wait to see what he does in... <laughs> Look, I know, but all, all jokes aside, like our fitness is so abysmal that that's got to be the first point of call, isn't it? There's no point being being technically gifted if you want. You can't fucking run for 90 minutes. You're screwed. And our fitness has been absolutely in the pits Mm. for a long time. Well, that's literally everything we're seeing at the moment. Whereas other, where City go, you know, half 10, we we think we might go and sign Calvin Phillips. 10.35, oh, we've signed Calvin Phillips. We've just got loads of muscular looking men in their 20s, just basically with their tops off. That's literally all we get now. It's just them proving that they're getting fitter and stronger. That's pretty much all. That's ninety percent of all Manchester United social media now is topped off players. Sounds like nuts or zoo, really. Sounds terrible. But yeah, that's, so that's seen, that, that's... I've seen Neil's join the the grumpy old men gang from last week. Mate, I'm, I'm oh. found a member of the grumpy old man gang. I, I think I joined it in my teens, though. Judging by your looks, yes, I think you've been there for a long, long time, my friend. <laughs> Harsh, but ultimately fair. No, no I, th- I think last week we decided we were about. Roughly 40% of the podcast was Grumpy Old Man Gang. So we're going to try and make it less than 40% this week. But we've started off pretty poorly. I'll be, I'll be honest. I'll be honest there. I mean, just kind of elaborate on the preseason thing. Going back to the LVG one, we had a perfect preseason. Everyone was excited going into the game. Yeah. And we got fucking turned off by Swansea at Old Trafford. And it was like, uh, this isn't going to plan. 
So, <laughs> yeah, not as much as you can't read too much into it. If we have, if we are head over to uh, David McDonald in the mirror, this is what uh, his training ground source said. He said there was a real energy around the place. Everyone was raring to go. Ten Hag was buzzing around the training ground, meeting a lot of people before taking training in the afternoon. There's always a certain amount of routine on the first day back with fitness and health checks, but they were out on the grass doing ball work in the afternoon. Pretty much the exact same. So either they've got the same source or there was just a lot of That's balls. Just one in the very training visible ground. ball on the pitch. Just one huge ball. But it's interesting that there was no media there on the pitch. There's, there's, I mean, is nothing. there ever media on? Is there ever media on the first day of preseason? I'm not really sure, but there is. When's his press conference? Yeah, I don't think there's any. There's nothing scheduled. Really. I mean, they fly out for. I think it's Thailand the first game, and they fly out next Friday. So presumably, before then, seventh of July, maybe. What's that like? Ten days. So obviously, he has one before every game in on on the tour. Yeah, um, but they were a moment. They always used to do one at the beginning of the beginning of the window. So window, sorry, the preseason. And this may be why he done this a month ago, six weeks ago, to get all that initial uh, getting the muffins out for the media boys, just saying hello, getting David Cottrell running around the car park, trying to get a word with him. Well, you know, Gary Cottrell, get his name right. Gary Cottrell. Can we just speak about Gary Cottrell? How is his name? His name? <laughs> I know. That a shock. <laughs> How is he still job? You think he got all that out of the way six weeks ago? He went round Old Trafford, met the mega star, mega store staff, and people like that. So he's met the mega staff. <laughs> mega staff. I'm having a shocker here. Shout <laughs> out to fifty percent of the grumpy old men. But he done all that six weeks ago. So it's a lot of it. Today, I'm a football manager. I'm a coach. This is what we're doing. I've got the cones ready. Let's let's go, boys. And he's done all that. I mean, as I said, it. I think it suits us. We have to consider it a good thing that the journalists have got absolutely sweet FA to run on, right? Because that's what we want. We, we want it to all be kept behind closed doors so no one really... Un oh, yeah. Ten he's playing with the ball. This football manager is currently playing with the ball. That's, that's good stuff. It's really... It's, it's inside story. Yeah. If that's, if that's what they've got, then you have to imagine no one really got a look in. They're making up stuff that they kicked the ball. The ball was there. They're, they're just standing there like peeping with the, with the binocs. And there's... Right, lads, right, write this down. Right, there's a ball. Right. They're, there's, they're currently on the grass no, and, they, and they're kicking the ball. <laughs> That's all they got. It's good news. But look, going down to what Ian Whittle at the Telegraph said, he didn't really say much on it. He said Ten Hag took his first day of training at the club's Carrington training ground with 15 players. And that's what we'll speak about next. I think that's kind of an interesting point. Because I think quite a few of those players who turned up for training today, I kind of be surprised if they're there at the start of the season. Who's first right, we'll in? See. I'm going to go Donny. Was he there with his, um, little, his little Ajax lunchbox? Mate, he must have been. He must have had like nine alarms set like it was Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon, I think we spoke about it before, didn't we? Like, Donny Van Der Beek must be thinking, oh, this is fucking great. Frankie de Jong's coming here. Eric Ten Hag. He, he, he must be, he, he must just have this resurgent new energy that, but he's not going to get in the team ahead of Bruno, is I don't he? think it was energy that he lacked, really. He was I mean, I don't know what he lacked. I, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued time. as, I, I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued as much as I am excited about him. I think, look, he was a t he was a top twenty Ballon d'Or shortlist player in that season, right? So he's not a shit footballer, but also at the same time, I think people have forgiven him a little bit too much. I think he did have quite a few opportunities. He didn't start enough in the Premier League. That's the thing he didn't do. But do you think I don't he had opportunities? Think, I think he had, even he had, he had plenty of game time in his first season. He start he, he played in like he had fifty games, like didn't he? Because I remember there was a big United say congratulations during fifty games, and that was a fairly heavy ratio on Twitter about that. I mean, it's that uh, that is. That's pretty, just pretty crap. Think, personally, I don't think he's been given a fair crack, to be honest. But the, the way I look at it is like 50 games in, in what position, in what system? For how many minutes per do, game? Do, do those people around him know, okay, what, what what do we want him to do on the ball, off the ball? If Donny's got the ball, what's Luke Shaw's role? What's Bruno's role? That's essentially what we're hoping um, Mr. Ten Hag will bring. Well, yeah, if, if, if you imagine, like, so, some players really are just system players. They, they, <clears> there's <throat> certain players that if you take them out of a team and you put them in another team, they won't be that same player because they're not surrounded by that system. And that, if that's the case, then the real Donny's coming back at the start of the season. And it, it's <laughs> cliche, but it could feel, could be like a new signing. But he was there. He looked happy. And he looked buzzy. He he did. Apart from a couple of times, he always looks strangely sort of content. What, a resting happy Resting face. happy face, yeah. That's an unusual Quite thing. Quite a nice thing. Yeah, it is a nice thing. I'd rather that than a resting bitch face. But uh, the, the other the other players who turned up, by the way, I'll run through it. So we've got De Gea, we've got Henderson, Heaton, Wambasaka, Lindelof, uh, Bayer Jones, 
Twanzebe, Williams, uh, Shaw, Donny, Ahmad, Sancho, Sancho, Martial, and Rashford. That's what I'm saying there. Like, I'm looking at that and I'm saying, well, Henderson's obviously going Nottingham Forest, so he's not going to be here next season, this season. By question marks, Jones, question marks, Twanzebe, question marks, Williams, question marks, and probably Martial, question marks. That's like five out of the 15 that turned up today. You genuinely wouldn't be surprised if they weren't in the squad for the preseason tour or weren't part of the squad for next season. We won't shift five players. We won't sell you, five players. Who do you, who, 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 who do you think will shift then? Like, what, 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 if, you, if you're going to put your money on somebody that we're going to shift this summer, who, who are we getting rid of? Obviously, Henderson's going on loan to Nottingham Forest, but apart from him... No, 10 million loan, think, 10 million bid coming in supposedly from, might be Tisdall, but from Villa for... Uh, was it Villa for Williams? I reckon. No, for Fulham, the greatest club in the world, by the way. Fulham, uh, Pereira. Pereira. They've gone. Um, yeah, Williams has been linked. I'm pretty sure. Oh, Williams. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I've not seen that. Last two or three hours. What? Ten million for Williams as well? Yeah, I mean it's. Uh, nah. Let's have a look. I'm gonna look it up because you're making me doubt. Like you're making that up. He's. He, I'd rather him than Tellers. Yeah. Villa, ten million. I don't. Wow, I don't think they've a... offered. But. I mean. That's that's more than I th- actually know. We mentioned this a few times, and I keep saying, and I'll probably the the sixth episode in a row. But a clean slate. Who's who out of those players has got a clean slate? A legitimate clean slate. Donny, Donny for one. Donny's definitely got a clean slate. That's for sure. Panzebin, um, Rashford. Well, well, yeah. You can read into this again today. Not one picture of him. There's pictures of Jaden turning up, Donny turning up, Dave. Uh, yeah, but they, they could have, those press could just been there for a certain time. Well, this is the United the ones. ones. Yeah, that, that, it was the United ones. Were the, were the only ones were there. Marcus, I, I I'm not going to look too much into. No, it. no, just Rashford's are. Ra- Rashford's been doing what he's he he's been trying to show what he's doing. He's he went to what did like te- a ten day training camp in America. Did a separate little preseason. He's been putting the shift. He's been putting his time in, and I think he'll know. He'll know that this is his season. It's either it's kind of boom or bust for Rashford. Mm. He either booms and finds that 2019 version of himself or Ten Hag will probably just say, no, nah, man, I'm going to shift you on because Rashford, we could get a serious amount of money for Rashford. And that's one thing we think about what United have really been shit at is selling players for profits and actually reinvesting that in the squad. You look at Chelsea, the amount they've amount, I think they've got like 500 million that they've they've made since like 2010. We have, we've, I think we've made like 100 million profit on players. You look at Liverpool, you look at City, City this summer. So they're so damn good. They can sell Jesus to Arsenal and probably Sterling to Chelsea. And they're like, yeah, all right, it's fine. Don't care. Mm. But they but they can do that because they buy players of, of a certain age. They can get a few years out of them. It's a bit like us buying Donny Van, sorry, buying Frankie de Jong now. We could get Frankie for 80 million, whatever it's going to be, get three, four years out of him and probably still sell him for a decent wedge of money. Whereas for a lot of the signings we made over the last five, six, seven years, because we've gone for the, uh, what is it, Galatico strategy, buying players in their peak. They're way past their sell-by date, and, and United aren't very good at shifting players on at the right time. So that's why in 2022, that's why in 2022, man, you're, you're, we're literally here, and Phil Jones is turning up to pre-season training in 2022. Yeah, but Lukaku is like Chelsea, right? I mean, but that's, but that's not Phil Jones' fault. That's, he's been I didn't say it was Phil Jones' fault. I didn't say it was Phil Jones' fault, but it's it's Phil Jones is one of that. I don't know. He's just a leader of that pack, unfortunately. But that just pack's just plays a lot smaller, hasn't it? Let's face it. Look who's yeah, cool. this year, that pack. And um, you can't shift them all out. You know, I suppose you can shift them all out. If you, if you, yeah, why, why can't you shift them all out? No, Apart you, no. from the fact that you can't actually get rid of them. It sounds simple. Well, that's the answer, isn't it? It does sound simple. Just shift all of them out. But there must Martial's be... Martial's the one I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens with. That's not a clean slate for me, no. personally. It's not, it's not, I, I believe he's had a fucking lot of chances. But purely for the fact that, and Ten Hag will know this, they ain't shifting two hundred and forty grand's worth a week away of wages. Mm. No, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to retake really him on loan because I think he did try that with Seville. Um, there's clearly a fucking talented footballer there when he wants to, but in a system like this, with a manager as demanding as this, it's not going to be one of those. Oh, do I feel like playing today? Do I feel like running today? Type of it's that, either you're in or you you're in and you perform when you're out. The culture's changed at United now. The fans are calling players out, and that changed halfway through last season. The fans had enough of the players, about and, the, and the, it was toxic towards the players. It, yeah, there's the Glazer chance and all that, but nothing was aimed at Ralph for the last six months, five months. It was all the players. 
played and put a shift in or run back or close down, they got hounded out by the United fans home and away. And, and it's and this group or that group needed it. They they had to be shown up. Mm. So it's, the players are exposed now. There's no hiding place for a player. So do you reckon there's any chance of Martial? Me? No. Bin him off. Just take get five million. Just, I mean, you're not going to you're but, not going to sell Martial five million. No, but what what what's he shown to you in the last three years then that he's worth twenty five thirty mil? I mean, look, twenty nineteen twenty when Rashford, yeah. um, Martial, and Greenwood got like seventy goals combined. He was he was scoring like headers. He was scoring little toe like tap ins at the front stick. It looked like Solskjaer. You wouldn't pick those three now, though, would you? Or you can't pick no, them no, anyway. No, of course. Look, I'm, trust me, I'm in your boat here. I would much rather see the back of Martial yeah. in the same way. That you you could have had this conversation about Paul Pogba, right? And I just couldn't be asked with it anymore. I can't be asked with Martial anymore. Mm. We, mm. we get, for, get rid of him for five million. We had thirty three mil walk out the door last Friday, over to, over the pond. So, what's the well, we had night. Well, we had ninety million walk out as well. Chin him off. Get rid. Any time you sort of consistently say about a player on his day, but then then they're not good. Like on his day, it yeah. means every so often he'll be good at football. And that, that's basically Martial and that's basically Pogba. Anytime that, that phrase is referenced, it feels almost da- like the most damning praise there is, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, if it look at him and Rashford, he's more likely to do something at the extraordinary than Rashford is. We're like, wow, how the fuck has he just done that? How has he weaved his way through them and oh, he scored that goal or et cetera, whatever? A lot more than Rashford. I think he's got more of a footballing brain than Rashford. Rashford's just got blistering pace, just a bit, bit more ballsy, a bit more ballsy. Or get stuck in. He's a Manchester lad. But this he's one, he's just got the balls. And what you read in the papers, isn't soul. it? Let's face it. I think he's on his fourth wife, isn't he? <laughs> he's <laughs> well. We're not here to uh, <laughs> judge. caveat here. We're not here to speculate on on what Martial is doing off the pitch. Um, we could do though. Well, it, we could if you want. Has he had four wives tonight? I mean, presumably not at once. I mean, in succession. I think he's only third. Really? How is twenty-three? Jesus Christ! I mean, just maybe okay. take a couple of years off at that point. I remember. I remember. I remember specifically saying this at the start that when we signed him as an eighteen-year-old from Monaco, I was like, "He's coming over with a kid, then a wife." He goes, "Look how mature and established he is. It's going to really <laughs> help him settle in at Manchester United." <laughs> <laughs> hot take, <laughs> definitely. Actually, no, you're, you're one of the worst hot take I've ever done, right? I shouldn't really say this on on on, on camera because it's going to go on record. I did an article for the Daily Mail once saying that Man United shouldn't sign Harry Kane because it would stunt James Wilson's growth. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where your media career came to an end. Yeah, yeah it was that, that was the last time I wrote an article for yeah, them. Don't start a podcast. <laughs> That is definitely the worst take I've ever been a player in Martial's position for, at another club where a new manager's come in. They've been given a second chance and they've, they've gone on and, and succeeded with that said club. I'm just trying to think. Uh, Torres? Did uh, he have a little uh, Did he have a little bit of a resurgence under a new manager at Chelsea? Chelsea? Mm. Someone Not talked really. about it a few weeks ago about certain players who need arms around them and certain players who need bollocking, certain players who need this, that and the other. What do you think he needs? A bollock around him. They say football answers, all right? What, he needs a bollock around his arm. One large bollock around him. <laughs> Both. Well, do you think he need, Do you think he is that kind of player who needs an arm around him to say... I, like, I don't know. If you're looking at his best form, his best form is coming his first year at United under Van Hout and his... And 2019 under Solskjaer. No, it didn't really happen under Mourinho. Form. Like, categorically, that was his best form. What was this? What 2019 yeah, with Oli? He was he played he was brilliant for that for that one season on his day. Like, yeah. He was brilliant. So in that sense, you're saying that the arm around the shoulder is probably what either that or the, mm. that, that sort of front attacking three that they were playing. I mean, maybe that maybe it's the system that works for him. I mean, he was at the. I was, I was go back to that game at Stamford Bridge yeah. when he played really well, scored two goals, and Jose took him off in injury time. I was like, put a bit of work in. That's your fucking output. Like you're pretty much telling him on the uh, on on the touchline as he's taking him off, arm around him. Like that's what you're capable of. So fucking bring that to the table every week, rather than oh yeah, oh yeah, I can't be asked today. I mean, it it, it could. I don't know. Like hypothetically, it could work out brilliantly for him. He could just like thrive under that Ten Hag system and uh, maybe turn into his version of Anthony if we don't sign Anthony because it looks like we might get priced out of a move for him. But given that Polistri has been doing well, given that we've got Ahmad, given that we've got Elanga, given that I don't know. We're struggling for a backup to Ronaldo. 
you mm. could probably put Martial in that category. And given that we're probably not going to sign somebody who can play through the middle, you might have one more season of Martial simply because mm. we can't really afford to get another replacement. How much in, do you right? think he was affected by... Um... So being the number nine when he's clearly not a number nine, but, but then bringing in um, Christ, what's his name? I've just gone completely blank. I just had a beer. He because he had to change shirt numbers, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Then basically bringing in a more established striker, although he was a number seven. I mean, that's I mean, he, I, don't, I don't think he knew his own best position, did he? And neither did Rashford. That was when we were just shifting and switching. I mean, and Cavani, not Rashford. I meant as in oh, Cavani. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It must have been quite I mean, rebelling. I, I, like you signed a clearly a number nine who was wearing who was wearing a number seven. You're clearly a number seven or a number eleven, and you're wearing the number nine. That must have been a bit a bit off putting for him because he had a very good season the season before. I mean, it's a good point. I suppose you wouldn't know that until you'd ask him. But well, get he's on, just Sam, if, how's yeah, let me just go and drop him. Let me let me just give me a ring. Yeah. Give me a ring now. What's it? Check your influence. I've looked. I, th- I think you're probably right. I think going back to what Bal said there, he's on 240k wages. I think United are effectively, if you want to call it, we're stuck with him for a season. So it's a, it's a stick or twist for him. Martial and Rashford, you can put them both in the same category. If they both have stunning seasons, they revive their United careers. If both of them repeat what happened last year, they're going to get binned off. Garnacho will play ahead of both of them on the wings. Uh, so will Alanga. Probably Palistri or Ahmad or whoever else comes in. And they'll just get sold. You know, oh, sorry, I was just looking at the United app. They just released some more pictures. And just one player we've not seen, Shaw Tire. He he's just signed with, um, what's it called? With George Mendes, Mendes, didn't he? Yeah. But he's like, he played quite frequent, not frequently, but you you kind of saw glimpses of him under Oli. And he's like, well, okay, well, is this the, the next kind of Mason Greenwood kind of type of player you're going to come in? Since then, he's fucking. I don't think he kicked the ball for the first team last year at all. Oh yeah, it's ten. It's ten sorry, I'm just looking at the ten hard pitches now. Oh yeah, Might be there is a, there's a couple of Rashford as well, Matt. Training oh, is there? Okay. United just done a flux. Usually, it's United, well, look at the time they've released it. There you go. That's the reason they've released it at half eight. It's, In that uh, picture, ten hard looks like that games teacher that always that tried to do more press ups than everybody else. Don't try and say that we got a PE teacher again. Fuck's sake. Bad enough of that. Uh, by the way, I, c- I can confirm there are balls on the grass. So uh, the reports were indeed they correct. They, they were they were playing ball. There was some ball, ball work, work going That's on. Great to see. Accurate training. Accurate reporting as well. Try to see if the- I-, I showed a short material is, is there. I'm pretty sure that's his hair. I can see him there. Mm. I always thought when he came through that he was just a little bit too, he was pushed through a little bit too quickly. He, he looks like he needs a loan. For yeah, sure. he looked like a bit of a kid. Yeah. He's filled out a bit. Is he? He's, it looks like he's filled out a bit, yeah. Do you remember when Elanga was it last season? We absolutely bulked up before the, before the preseason started. And that, that's a good question to ask you, right? Last preseason, if you remember, Elanga was the youngster who sort of really um, nailed it in preseason. It was uh, Elanga and it was Pellistri were the two players who sort of got you a bit excited. Elanga broke through into the first team, Pellistri went out on loan. Who would you back to take his opportunity? This summer, if you're looking at, I don't know who's on the edge. You could talk about James Garner. You talk about uh, Alejandro Garnacho, maybe Alvaro Fernandez at left back. Is there anyone you expect to see good things Hannibal. in the preseason? Yeah, Hannibal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks a, he looks like a proper player. He looks spiky. He looks angry. He looks like he's already quite pissed off. He's already played <laughs> a dozen times, hasn't he, for Egypt? And he's he's got some. As Neil mentioned, there, he's got something about him. You can mm. see that. Proper swagger. Tunisia, by the way, not Egypt. Yeah, I, I yeah, made that mistake as well yeah. myself. Okay. But no, yeah, he's played two international tournaments. That's how good he is. He was a double agent. He played for Egypt. No one knew. <laughs> he's seen that film with Sasha Baron Cohen. What's it called? It's when he's a double agent in um, Israel. It's a great film. Have a look. Uh, true story. <laughs> for a fun fact. Is it a true story, um, though? Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> it says it was a true story. Sasha Baron Cohen, I don't normally associate him with sort of documentaries. And it was a serious rate. It was a serious role, and I thought it's, it's going to be crap. It's actually really quite mm-hmm. good. What was it called? I think it was called The Spy. The Spy, Sasha. Yeah, The Spy. There Sasha you go. The it's not a very good spy if he's using his first name. Well, eighty-six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which therefore means it's officially quite sound good. good. Yeah. There you go. That sounds good. Anybody else who's listening, I suggest you watch it. It's, it's good fun. But I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Garnacho. I really mm. am looking forward to seeing Garnacho. I think 
last season, there was a lot of hype on him going into just the, just the FA Youth Cup run was great. Like he had five goals, five assists. Uh, so did Charlie McNeil, I think. And going into that final at Old Trafford, to do that in front of sixty thousand fans, it was it was a, it was a great day out for the kids. Mm. And for him to turn up like he did in that last half an hour, I'm not sure if you watched it, but it was a very uh, physical game. Uh, it looked like we weren't going to win at, at one point, but then Garnacho sort of just took it upon himself. You know how you used to watch Ronaldo and Ronaldo just looked greedy on the ball. Like he could pass to someone. It's probably the safer option, but he just completely ignores it and does what he wants. And Garnacho did that, won a penalty and then scored the third. third. And it was just, he changed the game completely. Uh, and I think... Eric Ten Hag, it's the perfect time for a player like him to be coming through because Ten Hag is, he's not just a manager who will play the kids for a little bit of lip service to get a little bit, oh yeah, there you go. I've given Paddy McNair and Donald Love and Cameron Borthwick-Jackson a debut. He's actually blooded youngsters like De Ligt and Timber and De Jong and Van Der Beek can turn them and coach them into top level players. So players like Garnacho, Hannibal, Fernandez. They've got to be excited as hell about this. It's a perfect opportunity for them, right? Yeah. And then Garnacho, apparently, well, not apparently, he came. To, he, he joined preseason training today, but because he was away with Argentina's under twenties, he wasn't due in for another two weeks, I don't think. So he's turned up on his own choice, his own accord, to put the work in straight away, which is a good yeah, sign, much, right? Yeah. Yeah. Has he got oh, a yeah, chance for the World Cup? Do you think? Or is it too soon? What for Argentina? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know, but you know, Argentina for years have always had the most ridiculous attack and the, the sort of players that have been left out of their attack. So I'd, I'd be it's surprised. It's underwhelming, though, there. when it gets to the World Cup, Argentina. It's true. What um, get... Does he play more in the, the three initial midfielders or more on the front line? Kind of uh, he's more the front line. He's, more of a, he's like a left winger. But he can play a little bit through the middle as well. So... I mean, he's he, he's direct competition for Rashford. So if Rashford's shit this year, it's probably going to be Garnacho who's chomping at the bit, or Sancho, depending on whether we sign Anthony. <clears throat> and if we, and if we sign Anthony, then it's you've got a guaranteed starting two there, haven't you? You've got I'm excited Anthony. to see Sancho this year. Sancho is again. You're talking about system players. That's where he thrived. In it, that's that was his. He was schooled at that in City. He thrived like that in Dortmund, and at United, we've just been hickledy pickledy. Mm. And he's still, from February onwards, he still looked pretty damn good for like six weeks. Yeah, I mean, Matt mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. It's like the one player that you're most excited about. Uh, it has to be Sancho. Yeah, Maybe to be the Sancho. thing is about this this pod as well, it's makes me laugh. We've mentioned four or five players we're really looking forward to see. And they've been in the squad for two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, but we signed him in like 90, uh, 2019. Nin- 1984, yeah, we did sign him in 1984. But oh, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Oh, I'm looking, oh, yeah, it should be shit hot body that kid's got for the last two months I've seen on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And you think, and you think I, I, part I, of the United squad and the United failings over the last 12, 18 I, months. Amazing. I think the big the big thing over the last 12, 18 months was how much of a, just a lack of direction essentially we've had. What is the motive in terms of how we're, how we're set, set, sent out on that pitch to play? What is the role of every player? Does Aaron Wambasaka know what he's got to do when he gets past the halfway line or Luke Shaw, etc.? If they go forward, who covers them? It's there was no as um, Sam said earlier. Some players, system players, they weren't even system players or individual players. It was just like they're going out and trying to wing it every game, week to week. I think that's what ultimately got Solskjaer found out. Hmm. Yeah. So, um. It, it, like you're talking about players that okay let's not get excited about the players who have been shit for a while we get let's get excited about the players who might it's just like it's football has this incredible ability to renew itself every summer you you convince yourself that, as an eternal optimist that it's all different next year he's going to do this and he's going to do that and then the new signings come in and, and new signings can change the direction of clubs that's why everyone gets excited about the transfer window right De Jong it's been long it's been drawn out it's been protracted looks like we're going to get that deal done this week has it you know, been long I mean, it has to, I, I, everything I now gauge through the Sancho saga, this doesn't feel that long. It doesn't feel like Calvin Phillips, it was Rick, two which years. is like under three minutes. But this was, it's, un, it's under under three months. So that's quick for us. <laughs> I, mean, I was reading yesterday, a lot of it was down to the major breakthrough was the fact that now Barcelona had encouragement from Lewandowski that he was willing to join, i.e. Yes. The, the funds they get from um 
signing De Jong will be ultimately used straight away in signing Lewandowski. So they're not going to sell De Jong knowing, not knowing whether their replacement, who they're going to use those funds for, is available or not. So it is, football market tends to have this domino effect where you're you're waiting. And then United aren't just going to, okay, Ten Hag clearly said he that's my number one target. So say if you don't get um, uh, De Jong and then you go and buy Anthony first, and then you try and get get um, De Jong, but suddenly you've now spent all your budget. So now you're relying on other uh, sales to now generate the the rest of your, um, your 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 purse. So now, okay, you you go and sign De Jong first. That's your main target done. You might go get Ericsson a free. You might pick up a twenty thirty million pound player. But then, you, if you want any of the big signings, then we're, we're relying on those names that you mentioned earlier in the pod about getting them out the door. And that, that's where it has to come from. I think. I think uh, sorry, Matt, to interrupt there, but <clears throat> with with De Jong, the thing I was going to do a video on, um, like De Jong alternatives. I'd, I'd done a bit of research. I looked into it. I think I'd drawn up a list of like there's Fabian Ruiz at Napoli. I, I was going to talk about James Ward-Prowse. Talk about Ruben Neves. Talk about all these players. And the reality was, there really wasn't an alternative for De Jong. Like in terms of what he will do for the Ten Hag system and what he will bring to United, there was nobody else. I think if you look at Anthony or Martinez, if we don't sign either of them, I think we'll probably be able to go out and find another right winger or find another centre-back who could do pretty much just a similar job to what they were going to do. But De Jong was unique. Mm. I think Barcelona knew that. I think they knew what they were selling. And it's just, it's all been, it's all added into the mix of, I mean, it's not been that long, I suppose. It's been about four to five weeks of negotiations. I think what, what is quite comforting about this, because initially my sort of reaction was like, he doesn't want to come. I mean, it's, apparently it's not, not really his choice. My initial reaction was he doesn't want to come. There's too much of that going on. We don't need him. But the fact that this is it's such a strict adherence to a system, that I haven't heard that chat for quite a long time, that to play the system I want to play, this is the player I want. Because I have not really understood what our system's been, other than counter-attacking football with Oli. For, for a long, long time. We haven't had a system. So, so, no, we haven't. So it's like we just we need to fill that position is what we've been doing everything. We're, we're weak on the right, so we're going to sign a left winger. That's what we've been doing of late. So it's quite I mean, nice that going, look, for my system to work, I know the players I want. And that's what I do find quite comforting about this sort of rather drawn-out pursuit. So rather than being a scattergun, you're just going yeah, straight in there. Yeah, right winger. It's like, I, there's a style of play here, and I have a really strict adherence to this, and I'm going to need, I know who I need, and I'm going to go and get that player to make to make that work because otherwise you are literally back into right. We just need we need someone good in that position. I suppose we need well, someone we, right in that position. I saw oh. some links to delete today. Yes, as well. like, it's taking the piss a bit now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who else is rolling up? Maybe get Cliver mm. out in retirement as well. What big older or baby Cliver? Oh, both of them. Bring them both in. It is comforting with the, the young story that there's not many leaks. The best thing is, obviously, it was a common knowledge that Barcelona needed money and we was in the driving seat for this player. No one seems to be interested, which we talked about a couple of pods ago, but any other clubs who would take him. So we've been in the driving seat and we haven't gone in there with the highest bid. By the looks of the figures that have come out from, we, we I don't know if they're reliable sources, but they seem to be saying the same stuff, these people. We've got him for an half-decent price. All right, there's some add-ons, etc. But we haven't gone in there... Just don't panic, which which Twitter panics and, and social media panics. But United have gone, we've got a plan. And because of the hysteria in social media, everyone's panicking. But I think there generally is a plan on. We're going to get him. It'll happen, I think, by the looks sounds of it this week. An half-decent price. And as Bal mentioned there, the domino effect, there'll be other things fall into place. I, really, I, I believe that. And I might be made to bite my own... Uh, uh, eat my own words in uh, early August. Yeah, bite my own words. <laughs> but, but I do believe we're not. There's a plan to this transfer, and it's not going at the 90 million. Let's just get it done and blow the budget. No, we're going to haggle with you. We're going to. We've done that before, this, and like we all got pissed off then, like the Sancho thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure Sam, you did some content where just fucking pay it. Yeah, just just pay, just pay what you want. What you're haggling for? It's, it's weird. And that was, that saved weird, 30 we, million quid, which I don't know. We're human beings, man. We're great. Days. We're great about. We're great at complaining about what we don't have or what we're not doing. Yeah, so that's Sancho just what we do as humans. Dortmund weren't in financial trouble. They didn't have to Dort- sell him. No, it's no Dortmund. Uh, I've compared this because it's a very, very similar situation. Dortmund that summer with Sancho is exactly what's happening this summer now with Anthony and Martinez. Because Ajax have already sold Halle or they're going to, 
Uh, Graven Birch already joined Bayern Munich. Masrauri's already left. Looks like Tagliafico might be leaving too. And Edson Alvarez. They've balanced their books. They are calm. They don't need to sell. So they're slapping an 80 million price tag on Anthony, which, come on, same price as Rafinha, who's Premier League proven and established. Like, will, that's not a reasonable price. Rafinha, for 80, 80 million for Rafinha seems a little bit mad. I mean, it feels like they're going great. for Leeds. 80 million quid. Euros, much cheaper. Hmm. But Anthony walks Most into not. work tomorrow and says, I want to go. I doubt he will. That's the I thing. I doubt he walks. I bet he's driven. <laughs> he gets on his electric scooter. <laughs> he just walks the 10 miles, packs his little lunchbox, and he goes, waves to all the locals. He bike to work, wasn't he? He's Amsterdam, so he bike to work. True, he probably all so, swims through the canals. Yeah. But however just he gets, gets to point. work, he walks, or he strolls in the door anyway. Because uh, <laughs> and. If he wants to leave, they're not. That, that's that's a different ball game, isn't it? So yeah, I, I think that's the thing that, that changes that uh, Anthony situation is him effectively handing a transfer request. Mm. And if you think about it, like it you you kind of be surprised if he didn't because ten his managers left. Like a lot of the good team, if he's got ambition, he's watching it all leave the leave the club, and he's like, well, am I really going to stay here or am I going to try and join that manager in the Premier League at Manchester United? I think he'll probably want to do that, Ooh, and that might like change. I mean, who wouldn't want to play with Alex Telles, right? Good. He's got a good. He's got a good set piece, I suppose. He's got a good set piece. Okay. He kisses the ball every time. What an under, what an underwhelming sign. I remember when we signed. Was it Porto we signed him from? Yeah, sixteen million. I think, I think it was. I was at Champions League we established. Yeah, I was like, oh, I was like, we, we've signed a cracking signing here, and then he was just basically a Luke Shaw cheerleader. I thought he was like had a real whip on him, and like with we got Cavani as well. I thought that's gonna be perfect. He's gonna be inch perfect. Make a wish, kids that come over and then and get a game. So maybe not. Have a look, uh, I, I, Matt, Matt. What you're saying there about you know panic, everyone's panicking. I've been maintaining that the whole way through. Is uh, right right now, Man United's transfer window is like when you're when you're cooking dinner and you have got all your ingredients in the pan. It looks like shit, but at the end of it, it's going to taste great. But we, we're we're kind of in the middle of it. I think at the end of the window, I think we're, we're going to be happy with the the transfers that we've made. You're saying it looks shit at the moment, but we've mentioned five players, four or five players who have been bang average, less than average, let's say, for the last 18 months. They're coming back. They've got a coach who, hopefully with the arm around them, love, love them. They've got the balls out by the sounds of it as well, which is happy days. And got a around you know them. You've, you, you've, got, you've got these lads who are coming back and they've six months of a, of a supply teacher, back to the teacher analogy, but... We've got a plan and the coach, he knows what he's doing. He's got a proven track record in European football at one of the biggest clubs in football. So, what? I mean, let, 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 let's, let, let, let's not pretend though. I know that, but let's not pretend that it's not been underwhelming so far. When you, when you see how much United have to do and you see Liverpool plugging the one hole yeah, they have. They, they haven't Skipper. got much to do. That's the difference. We've I know they don't have do. much to do, but they, they've, only got, they've done it. They, all they've got to do is sign a player and everyone goes, nice one, strengthen when they're strong. Like it's just, I think City have done a lot more. Honestly, two, don't things, two things would have it's happened. Easy to buy when you're in that position as well, because you've got so much more pulling power. Of course yeah. it is. I'm I, I'm not saying that everything is completely comparable, but that's that's fueled the frustration. Hell, don't look at them. Look at what Arsenal have done so far. Look at what Spurs started. have started to do. It's, it's, United. United did not plan to have no signings done before ten half. No, so the comforting bit, the comfort blanket is he really, really, as you said, right, you've done a bit of research on this. There are only certain, there's a, there's a finite amount of players. It's one, it's De Jong, to play that system. And you're going, right, I'm, I'm going to set up here properly. I know how I'm going to play and I need this player. And and for me, if you think about that, that's a diff, that's different gravy to what we've been told. Or we've not even been told, but what we've sort of inferred from previous sort of panic signings Martial was a panic signing. They're basically Fellaini, Herrera. Van de Beek tried to get Herrera a couple of times, but every, Sancho was planned. But I think not because there was a like a system in place, but just because he was really good and he was young. That was th th this does feel different. It really does. Feel, I think we've got to keep the faith a little bit. Now, the one thing I I absolutely stand uh, completely agree with is I think De Jong is going to quickly become the favourite player of a lot of people. He's going he's gonna to play football different to how we've watched United play football for so many years. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's going to be... I mean, he's not going to be Carrick because he's not Carrick, but he just, that player that like you've watched... The just, most relevant comparison, though. Just, just the player who just makes it look so easy, the player who literally shows... like Scott McTominay runs away from the ball most of the time 
and then you can't clear it you can't get it out of your box because he's not available and Fred's just or just doing what Fred does so therefore you kick it long and you're stuck in a cycle whereas De Jong he he's known as being the player who likes to receive it from the defenders he wants to receive it in the pressure and take it away from I, others I think he'll unlock Bruno again as well because he's been bollocks he really has but I think that's Bruno is he needs to be in and around the box and I think if he's not having to get back so much in the same way because, because Bruno's taking that upon himself isn't he, he? he's like I'm going to drop really. it a bit like, like Ronaldo really. he will he'll just run and run and run he'll drop out of position to go and get the ball back and he won't have to now. he can basically lurk where he needs to lurk he'll have that sort of free reign around the penalty penalty area so I think De Jong mm. it's not just about De Jong just himself coming in and just being like amazing and like sort of taking his character role. It's about everybody else around him getting better service, playing the positions that they're much better at doing. Rashford as well. It's, it's especially the same as the back four, isn't it? Getting the ball off the back four. Yeah. That's what it is. So, it's good to yeah, come back to your, your point on the window, Sam. It's very clearly he's our main target, this, this, this window. And you're talking about comparing to what everybody else is doing. If we sign him this week, which I think pretty much, given it looks it, like it's coming are, yeah. out, it should be done. That's your main target in five or six weeks before your first competitive league fixture. Yeah. In any other window, we were saying that's great because we've got our main target in so early because everyone's just in the same, wrapped up in this thing of, oh, City are buying two, City are bought two players, Liverpool are bought them. But if you look at it in your own, take that out and just look at it from an object, objective point of view. You've been your main bit of business in the very, very early part of the window. And yeah, now, as a, now, as, then you address the the, the the rest of it. No, I'm not, I, I think you're right, man. As a, I think I've, Because I talk about it every day, I do a live show every morning, I'm probably a little bit more in that hysteria than, than all of you are. You're someone creating it, Sam. Are you, are you the ringleader? I, no, I'm fucking trying not to. I've tried to avoid it as much as I goddamn possibly can. Sometimes you get sucked into it. Why, but, don't, why don't you get Neil and myself and Bal on this uh, live chat tomorrow then? Uh, because I want it to be successful. <laughs> oh, hello. Oh, straight, uh, straight anyway, to the cut. So Liverpool just signed the um, they just signed the Portuguese Andy Carroll, that's all. And speaking of Andy Carroll, did you see the Andy Carroll news? <laughs> Where is he well, going? He's not. He was going to Club Bruges, but he, he left his honeymoon early to go and failed the medical. Right. <laughs> We just probably turned up in like a sombrero, sort of smoking a fag or something like that. But yeah, failed the medical. It sounds like a very... Do you remember when... Um, was it Niall Ranger had to live with Andy... Was it Kevin Nolan or Andy Carroll when he was at, when he was at Newcastle? Because he was, he, was right, he, was, he was a scruffy lad. Not scruffy. Probably would have been Kevin Nolan. That would have put him up with Andy Carroll. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that would have worked yet. I think it was probably no Kevin Nolan. But look. Hey, look. I mean, I'm... I'm genuinely, I'm not just saying this, I'm genuinely excited for, for what's going to happen in the next few weeks now. I think, you're right, Neil, that it's it's been an obsession with De Jong. It's not just been a transfer target. It's not been one that we've sort of accepted defeat on. It's like Ten Hag has effectively gone to Murto. He said, look, I don't care what else you do, but if you don't sign De Jong, nothing will work next season. Nothing will work. He's just he's just basically given the ultimatum of De Jong, and that's why we've been sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place. And if, effectively, we're going to come out with what looks like about an 80 to 85 million euro deal for De Jong. Around about 65 million up front is what the majority of the reporters are saying. And I think it's going to be done by the end of this week. And Bowers, you're saying there, if that's your, if that's your main signing done, and he's part of the squad before you fly out for the preseason tour, then you can start fixing the rest. I mean, what would you put as number two? Because apparently, looking at it, it looks like Anthony is coming down as the second most important CBN. signing. I mean, for God's sake. How are we still ignoring uh, that that position? Is it just me? Am I obsessed with it well, for, maybe, for an unreasonable reason? Is, I mean, you know more about the Ajax setup. Who 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 did that role? This season it was Alvarez. Right. And then if, if you look at who De Jong had, there was uh, Lasse Schoener. He played there as well. And it's not necessarily like, as you say, De Jong is the, is the player who likes to receive the ball first from defence. So I'm not just talking about a number six, but it has to be what the way I keep explaining it. I think what it's clear that we're looking at is not a defensive midfielder. We just we haven't been linked no, with no. any of them. We haven't, so I don't think we're going to sign one. But what we need is somebody who's like every every time De Jong receives the ball, his natural instinct, or every time the ball's there, his his natural instinct is to think about bringing it forward, taking it up the pitch. Fred has that natural instinct too. I think McTominay's a little bit lost. I don't really know 
thinking, oh, he's what? He was he a striker, though, wasn't he? I mean, he started off. In- yeah, McTominay is more comfortable in the opposition yeah. half, like Fred is. But all of them, all of our midfielders, their first natural instinct is, how can I progress the ball forward? What can I do to help the attack? We need somebody who's the opposite to that, who's somebody who's, how can I protect my defence? And that's their natural first instinct. And we just do not have that player inside the squad. So you have to go and get one, surely. Sangare, was, there was a chat around Sangare at PSV, wasn't there? Yeah, there was, yeah, there was a chat around Sangare. But other than that, I mean, you can talk about Ruben Neves, uh, but there's no way we afford Ruben Neves and De Jong. That's not happening. So you can just part, you can part that one straight mm. away. Do, do you think there's a way that we can go into next season without signing a player of that ilk, of that profile, if you want to call it that, and we succeed with De Jong? It will be McTominay, won't it? But it can't oh, be. That's, that's all, gonna, it's all it'll be left with, though, surely. But if we don't go and find anybody else, he goes, right, there has to be another. The system is sufficient. I'm just putting so much faith in the system. All I'm doing, my, that's my response now. It's going, oh, no, the system. No, but true. Yeah, no, but you should. You, you should be putting faith because we've, we're actually going to have a system yeah. finally. Maybe we're have... That's why I asked about, you know, what, what happened at PSV. Can they sort of exist without an out and out sort of enforcer type? Because the yeah. possession's so good from defence through Dion up to the. Up to the up to the front, they they can per se. As I said, Alvarez isn't particularly incredible in that position. He's also very good with the ball at his feet. He's he's equally as responsible for like recycling possession, just keeping the ball moving, as he is for winning the ball back. But I just don't see how you can partner De Jong with McTominay. You can't you can't put Fred there. That's just impossible. That's just not going to work. So the only thing you've got inside that squad really Why is McTominay. Huh? Why wouldn't Fred work? Fred's just, he's, he's just not that. He just does, again, it's about natural instinct. Ten Hag's going to teach people how to play a certain way, but there have to be things that are sort of subconscious and he does without thinking. And Fred's, he's, he's just too forward minded. I think it's a physicality there as well. I think, look, look, McTominay, he's a, he's a fucking unit. He really is a unit. I mean, and if he's, if he's learns the discipline, I know his instinct needs to get forward, but if he basically learns that discipline, I think physically he's, he's absolutely perfect for that kind of position. If he if he has I mean, the discipline to stay in that position, he can make that. Look at like City, like Rodri. He, Rodri isn't just that nasty little ball winning ball winning bastard. He's that plus he's got oh, he's a footballer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's <laughs> what I mean. That, that that is exactly what Ten Hag wants. He doesn't want just like a, a straight up Wilfred and Didi, someone who's just going to win the ball and pass it to someone else. He wants somebody like Rodri who can win the ball but can also spot that gap with a little 20 yard breaking pass if he needs to. I don't know how we I don't know how we afford that signing, but that's the if you're talking about profiles of players and balance of the system, that's just a gaping hole still that w- won't be filled unless we sign something. You got you got to understand goes back to like what you what you just said with De Jong being the priority signing. Unless you've got a bottomless pit of money, you're trying to undo 10 years worth of fucking clusterfuck of signings in one window. It's probably it's not going to happen unless unless you sell a good chunk of those five six names or if not all of them that we mentioned at the start, and then you use that money to replenish. That's how it's going to happen. But yeah, yeah, but down to that again, uh, that you can have your opinion on that. What would you say is a bigger priority then, like a right winger or that position that we're talking about well, for this system that Ten Hag wants to bring in? It's... Surely it's that central mm-hmm. midfielder. Yes, definitely, and that's it is. The five I, players I, I, that you want to get rid of, do you shift them on for, I made a stupid, well, I don't think I made a stupid comment about the five million with Martial, but do you just shift them on to get them out the door now? Or do you plan for to do that over the next 12 months? Well, I don't know. Look, you're looking at Pereira getting 10 million maybe from Why Fulham for him. You driving him down there tonight. I know he's on holiday, all jokes apart, but get go. Go. I think I think we've agreed. I think we've agreed. It's just we whether Pereira will do it. And I think he will because it's Marco. Is it Marco Silva there? I think it was Marco Silva there. Um, not that it makes any sort of difference. But Pereira for 10 mil. We, we, haven't, just, oh, we haven't mentioned this bloke. Bye. I think we mentioned him a little bit, but Bye, get him off. Like, I think Bye, least, got it, I yeah. think there's a chance for Ahmad, a coach. There's a player there. Of course there, there is. Of course there he is. used to go on loan by try before you buy. <laughs> and I apologise. Yeah, you really should. That I was I, Actually, I laughed. You shouldn't apologise. That's quite good. But look, I look, we, all, we all sort of agreed in unison there. The priority for the second position shouldn't be a right winger. I think if, if we're looking at building the spine of the team, it's it's that bit through the middle. It, we, we, of course, need that centre-back. I think that's probably going to be the last signing we make this summer. Mm. 
is somebody to... I think Maguire will be a better player late next year than he was last season because of De Jong. Uh, and I really fucking caned. I, I threw Harry Maguire under the bus and then reversed the bus and then drove forward again. Andy Mitchell really can get over his head. Barcelona inquired about taking him. Yeah. Yeah, Andy Andy I thought that was bullshit. And then Andy Mitten sort of corroborated it. And I was like, they actually asked. There's a player that I like, Maguire. I know you've called him out a few times and rightly so about his performances, but there's there's a player there. Yeah, it's had a very, very bad season. So a simple He's question though. Like, coming back. So that's we're up to seven players who are coming back now. So that's pretty There's good. no there's another no chance time. that he there's no chance he's captain next year, is there? There's no, no chance. Did you see the picture from his wedding he put on Twitter? Yeah. The replies, fuck me. Well, this is <laughs> just a cesspit in there. Read the room, don't they? Read the room and it's... Well, they, there's been no leaks of it. Well, funny enough, Tom Grennan, he was playing at his wedding. I don't know if you knew that. But he was playing you love there. Tom Grennan? Yeah, I love Tom. Well, You're I a little crush on Tom Grennan? I was, I was mesmerised by Tom Grennan in the centre of the park at Soccer Aid and I thought... He could do a job here. Who the fuck is Tom well, Grennan? You anyway. change your name to him, I've seen there, Matt, and you mentioned it before we were going to come on about we should talk about Tom Grennan. And I actually had He's to Google that, that basically to start off because I thought, have we signed someone? Like, is it some I mean, new? Who the fuck? He's a singer. Soccer Aid, 2022, oh, Tom Grennan performance. Oh. There will be about a four and a half minute clip, I'd imagine. Don't waste four and a half minutes no, of life. No, seriously. He's, he's running. He's running against a forty-year-old Joel Cole, by the way. Right. Okay. Oh, I'd have to retire my Jonathan. Again, Wilkes. he went past him. All right. He went past him. But the wedding. Did any? Of the, this is. It's little things like that. Did any of the players go? Because you'd think he's been at United now two or three years. It's there's no the, the clicks at United. You want that to stop. You want yeah, the big yeah. round table in the canteen, which I know is all cliche and corporate bollocks. All right. But you want a big round table. You don't want your Brazilian and your Spanish tribe over there. You don't want the English lads over there, do you? You want you want everyone off the same. And I think this bloke, Eric, Eric's going to do that. But the captaincy, like you said, going to the original question, take it off him. And, the, and There's that, no chance he's captain, surely. That pressure, I'd just be relieved off him. Mate, a year ago, yeah. Varane would have married her. <laughs> they wouldn't have married him. Another one is like, well, what we're going to get from him. Oh, is it, it'll be like a new signing bow, right? Varane? Right. Fucking 21 coming. Champions League Varane, remember that? 21 incoming. The biggest disappointment. Yeah. I know we said it before, your biggest disappointment. He's mine. Yeah. Varane. Hey, let's I not mean, look Varane, back. Look forward. Yeah, let's not be grumpy old men. He was. He, he, is, he is the most, yeah, he's the most rejuvenated player I'm most excited to see, having been so shit for a year. Mm. Bambi on ice. What about Lissandro Martinez playing that midfield role that you talk about, Sam? Yeah, so Martinez, um, when uh, when he was signed by Ten Hag, I think it was 2019-20 season, he played defensive midfield the whole season. So before he dropped back into centre-back, he had a whole season playing as defensive mid. So I think that's part of the reason why you could look at it and go, hmm, okay, maybe it could be a centre-back and a defensive mid at the same time, depending on what we need to do. That could be a possibility. Um, but he's certainly versatile in that sense. Uh, far more than like Pau Torres or any uh, other. So, Urien Timber, he's versatile, but he was centre back and right he's back. He's like five foot or six or something like Urien Timber. Five, nine, I think he is. But, you know, I don't. Fabio Cannavaro is fucking tiny. Is he a Marcus Rojo up- upgrade or is he half decent? Can the kid play? Who? Martinez. He. Rojo. I, fi- I find it. Yeah, it's a, I suppose a little bit strange in the fact that we went after Yuri and Tim, but that was clearly the number one choice. And now, now that he's gone, Ten Hag's just like, well, fuck it, just go for his partner instead. I think that's kind of what's happened here. Uh, and I I don't blame him because Ten Hag doesn't have a scouting system that he can trust. Both our scouts got sacked. He doesn't have anybody that he can trust at the club to make signings for his system. So he's going, well, just buy the players that I bought. I know, that, I know they're good. I know they work with my system. That's what United are doing. It's it's short-sighted. Yes, it's it's part of just the United mess. We don't have the structures in place to do this sort of stuff and identify these players yet. Hopefully next summer we will. We'll spend a year building that. Well, but that's why this summer we're going after these players. I know we might do it later on, but what's your expectation then, chaps, for this season? Now, as in now, as in... All right, let's say the, let's go to Thursday. The young signs. What's your expectation? That's it. Well, I default now to the way that I if I can't quite call a game, I'd always go two one. And for me, it's like Champions League. That's that's, that's what I do now. What are your expectations? Okay, if I get Champions League, I'll be happy. That's like my default. It's like my two one. That is now. 
I mean, I would be happy with Champions yeah. League next season. I don't think we'll... I would be. I mean, maybe oh, a decent yeah. cup I think, run. I think, I think he also has to go deep in the Europa League, like really deep semi final. I mean, it, it might end up being like a Jose. Like, would you be happy with oh, a Jose season? Yeah. Finishing yeah, sixth? Uh, no. Well, yeah, if we win the Europa League, then we're, we're in anyway, aren't we? So you win two trophies and you, you and I think, I don't know. The Jose thing was he went all is from February, March onwards. We had so many points to kind of clamber back. He, he kind of went all Stayed eggs in the, the Europa basket very, very early on. Yeah. You'll know as well um, with this bloke by seeing that whoever we get in the Carabao Cup in the third round, you'll know by what team he's putting in that if he wants this trophy. But that is the beauty of a good system is that you when a, when a good system's working properly, like Klopp, was it two games before the end of the season? Like switch nine players out and, and Liverpool still won. That's what United need to be doing in the Carabao Cup next year. Or maybe it won't happen that quickly. But that's the, when, when a system's working properly at a club, you can switch five, six players out and the team can still look like the team that played at the weekend in the Premier League. That's that. That's what we need to see mm. for a long, long time. But De Jong, number one, I don't know who's going to come next. It might be Anthony, it might be Martinez, but Arsenal are after Martinez. They've, I think they're putting like another 40 million euro bid that's been rejected. So that might force our hand. Uh, Ajax are really sort of, they're digging deep with how much they want for both of those. Martinez, because there's a bidding war, they'll probably get it. Uh, Anthony, though, I'm not really sure. I'll well, be honest. Why has no one mentioned Ericsson? Well, uh, so he's down for Brentford, isn't he? Is that? No, do you think he's staying? I think you're laughing. I think I think Ericsson will happen, but uh, Ericsson's not really one that would move the needle. It just gives a little bit of a cushion to De Jong. But if, if, I think I think I was reading somewhere when he came in to Brentford, I think he created the third most chances in the Premier League. He's a good player for sure, player. but if you if you're looking at that system that he wants, there's no way that he starts ahead of De Jong, and oh, he's no, not he really another position. It's it's a it's a long season. The the, yeah, the, the, the idea is, as soon as you take players like that mould out of the team, you haven't got a replacement. Where if you go back to the system like Liverpool, you take a a a Thiago or whoever out. They've got somebody who knows how to come in and play that system. They might might not be individually as good, but they still play that system there. It's just some well. That, that's that's why I think Ericsson will will make. De Jong better across the whole season. I don't think he'll start in too many uh, big games, but I think Eriksen will always be there when we need him to be there. And I think in that sense, a free transfer, I think is a great signing. I think he is a good signing, but it's a supplementary signing. It's not like one that's going to, as I say, move the needle too much mm-hmm. in terms of what we need. I'm sitting here looking at flights to the Europa League final, by the way. Uh, where, where is it? Uh, Budapest. Oh, baby. Pl- plenty of neighbouring cities. Matt, Matt's already got the map mobile ready. We've got you pretend you're driving down, yeah. Can I ask what no, the story looks like? For the Stockholm final. I was one of these day trips that got cancelled two days before. So I flew to Brussels, then Brussels, I flew to Copenhagen, hire a car, and drove overnight from Copenhagen to Stockholm, and then crashed down in Bowers Airbnb. And then they've done the repeat about four in the morning after we just won the trophy. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. With Budapest, I fly direct. I think it'd be easier. No, you're driving the whole way. Yeah, but things like Vienna is only a two-hour drive. Bratislava is a two-hour drive. You got plenty. Where, of- where, where do you choose? I don't know where to go. <laughs> Neil, are you coming? Yeah. Well, I, I, I'm more intrigued by the map mobile. Like, is it what does it look like? Is it like the Scooby Doo? Is it more of a Scooby Doo vibe or more Batman? It what, was. What, it what was it? Was it a Fiat? I think it's a Fiat Sequento or something like that. And oh, it's... Jesus Christ! No, it's it's in between, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 was, it wasn't pleasant, but it did get. Did you have a Beetle in in uh, Seville? Yeah, I got yeah. six points for that one driving from Malaga over to Seville. Should do it in about two and a half hours. Managed to do it in about an hour and fifteen. So oh, that's nice. Must have, must have had a nice tailwind. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, so tell the police anyway. Yeah, good trips. Have a look. Mate, I tell you what, a little uh, little United People's yeah, podcast, totally little yeah. tour, a little tour to Budapest. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that. So come on, Eric, don't ruin it for us. We're selfishly wanting that. But look, we'll wrap it up for this week, lads. That's a good night. I enjoyed that chat. I hope you all did as well. Uh, if you did, uh, I don't know. Consider following the podcast. We'll be here next week. Maybe Neil will be here. Maybe Bow will be here. Maybe Matt will be here. Nobody knows. Mm. We'll see who turns up next week. But preseason started. Ten Hag's there. Pitchers are out. Excitement's starting to build. De Jong's coming in. I think there's reason to be hopeful about next season for sure, but there's still lots, lots more to do, but no doubt we'll get it all done right and we'll win all the pots.
well, apart from the actual pots. Apart from anything made of silver. Yeah, apart from those. Chocolate pots. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Rachel Fisher. And I'm Desi Jenikin. And we host Hollywood Crime Scene. Our show is about the salacious crimes and scandals of the rich and famous, from the early days of Hollywood to the 21st century. We also cover Los Angeles history, true events that inspired movies, interesting biographies, and more. At the end of the week, we drop our mini-episode, which recaps the news everyone is talking about, plus the weirdest stories of the week from around the globe. We also talk about food a lot. Subscribe to Hollywood Crime Scene wherever you find podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.